this week and, and next Sunday is um, Nick's and my last weekend here before we take off over to uh, the US. What's that? What is that? I see something. It's main. Oh no, it's over on this part of the room too. Oh my gosh. Hang on. I don't. Is are they demons or what? <laughs> Oh, 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 there we go, lots of them. <laughs> oh, well, bless you guys. I hope that eye condition heals soon. <laughs> you guys are great. Love this tribe. This is a great tribe. Um, this morning, uh, I just wanted to... I just, I, I can't look at you the same. <laughs> I can't look at you the same. That's that's kind of crazy. Um, this morning, I just want to take some time and just share a few sort of a, a bit of a pastoral message this morning, and 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 I want to finish it off next weekend as well before we go away. But um, um, you know, for most of us, we we all you know whether we're in our our workplace environment or our relationship with God or um, our educational academic pursuits or, you know, the, uh, wherever we are and whatever we're doing that we call daily life, um, we're constantly having to kind of prioritise the day. We're constantly having to, okay, uh, what, will, what will I do today? What will I leave alone today, what can we reasonably get through today, and, and then we navigate those things. And some of those things, um, you know, like, for example, um, you know, I, I, I have a, a, a priority that I navigate every day of my life um, in regards to my relationship to my family, my immediate family. I have a priority, and that priority, first and foremostly for me, is one of prayer for my family. So I'm, I'm, I, I start every day and I finish every day with prayer. Um, I sound like a good Anglican, don't I? I you know, <laughs> uh, every morning and every evening. Um, I don't quite make lunchtime prayer, but uh, usually because my mouth's full. But um, you know, every morning I'll rise with a sense of Lord. I my 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 heart is that today you would bless my family. You would bless my family, and so then I name my family to the Lord. I name Nicole and, and I just let my heart tell God what I think of her and, 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 and the amazing person that she is. And then I just, you know, I go through my three children as well. And I just, you know, I mean, this isn't long and protracted. It's just a, a priority. It's just like the first thoughts of my heart in the morning. And, and again, the last thoughts of my heart as I, as I lie down at night, and this has been a, just a spiritual discipline that I've formed over the years out of just conversation with Jesus, is as my pillow hits the head, uh, hits the head, as my head hits the pillow, uh, sometimes it's the other way around, but as my head falls back and hits the pillow, again, my heart just begins to say, thank you for today, thank you for, and I name my family, and then I name my vineyard family, and, I, and I, again, I just say, Lord, thank you for my vineyard family, and, and just even as I'm asking that you would bless me and my household with good rest tonight and safety from all sorts of forms of works of darkness, I pray that you'd extend that to my, my, my vineyard family and I pray that you would um, do that for the people of my region. 
See, I, I'm not sure if you realise, but this is my region where I walk as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. This is my assignment. This is my region. This is your region. This, you, you, you guys have these assignments as well as followers of Jesus. But, you know, so that's, a, that's, a, that's a, how a priority works out for me, um, just very simply. And another priority means I, I, I turn up to work. I engage with the responsibilities of, of what I have to do in regards to my workplace and my vocation. Um, and, and, um, and sometimes that, you know, I have to would sort of prioritise what I can get to and what I can't get to. And, and, um, and the same with you guys. And, and usually on a daily basis, I have to then also engage with issues around finance and provision. It's like, okay, well, how am I going to, how are we going to navigate this? What are we going to do here? Um, how are we going to prioritise um, choice as to what goes where and how do we do that and what do we have to trust God for? And, and, and so we prioritise on a daily basis in all these different areas of our life. And um, so... We all have to prioritise, but this morning I want to just open up the idea of, the biblical idea of, how we go about prioritising. Priorities will be there all the time. It's how we go about prioritising, attitudinally as well. So um, I just want to begin to touch into that um, and... 1 Peter 4, 8, he makes this comment in his letter to the church. He says, above all, love. And then he goes on, um, and, and I'll read the scripture a bit more in a minute. But really, it's a case of learning to live out of placing above all else love. Learning to place above all love. And living from that place of love, the love of God, and the priority of seeing that love come into the earth, even as it is in heaven. Peter writes a letter to the church, and he's making an emphatic pastoral um, encouragement to his people. Now, he's writing not just to one location. He's writing to a whole bunch of Jesus people that are meeting in groups all over a a vast geographical region. And they're all... um, they're all in different situations, but primarily what's happening as Peter's writing to them is that they find themselves in a place of um, constant cultural um, um, attack, might be one word, um, estrangement and isolation. They are living in a context where the message of Jesus is not welcomed. They're, they're, they're living and trying to establish the love of God in their regions in environments that are spiritually hostile and pagan and not welcoming of the reality of Jesus. And so the, the, the basic problem that they're kind of engaging with on a daily basis is they're living in a society in a world where the world and the society is choosing to want to be ignorant of Jesus. It's not like... They're ignorant because no one's telling them. They're actually looking at the community of Jesus and they're choosing to want to be ignorant of him. It's, it, it's a kind of a bit like a lot of what's going on in our cultures at the moment, in the world in which we're living. There's a lot of people that know about Jesus and the people of, the, of Jesus in, in, in the world and they're actually choosing to want to be 
ignorant of him. They're actively and aggressively choosing to want to work against the reality of Jesus. Um, and, um, and so they're constantly, these, these Jesus people that Peter's writing to are misunderstood. They're subjected to um, cruel physical treatment. And that is happening in the earth today. Jesus' people are coming under cruel physical treatment and martyrdom. Um, Peter's encouragement to them in this context of an aggressively pagan spiritual world is to choose to be the community of God's people. This is why he's writing. He's writing in the face of everything that's going on. He says, choose above all to be the community of God's people in the earth. Be the community of the kingdom of God on the earth. Be Jesus' people. And be the people who are continually giving themselves over to the maturing work of God's love for their life. Knowing that learning to be together is a, is a challenge in itself, let alone the context where around that challenge they're getting hammered from every side. You know, I remember when Nicole and I first met, we, I thought I was deeply in love with her, and I was, and I still am deeply in love with her. But after 23 years, how I would describe the depth of that love now as to then has just taken this trajectory of experience where my commitment and love gets deeper, costs me more, um, of myself, of my time, of my resources. But in all of that, as I'm going deeper into this, I'm actually discovering there's a great joy in that. There's a great joy in that because I'm no longer, you know, like, like when you get into the surf, you know, you kind of go out so far into the surf and then the, the undercurrents get strong and your footing gets a little less able to hold your, your ground. The waves start to get bigger and the intensity of it all, and you start to um, want to maintain safety. You know, it's like, okay, I can only go out this far. Any further, it's dangerous. Um, and, and if I swim over there, I, you know, I've got to stay away from over there because if I go there, I'll get caught in a rip and I'll get sucked out to the deep. Well, they, if you've ever been caught in a rip, they, their, their encouragement to you is don't fight it. <laughs> don't fight it. Just let the rip take you to where it's going to take you and then the lifesavers will pick you up and rescue you and bring you in. Um, but um, there's, so, so, so coming into this place of less self-preservation, less making it about me, more sacrifice, more making it about her, more making it about um, blessing her life and so that she'd come into everything that God's got for her. And so it's like, Sure, my priorities means um, my love for her is going like this. It's deeper and deeper and deeper. And what I will do for her now, when I first thought I was in love with her and I was, the difference is huge. The difference is huge in terms of my practical you know, daily living to, and my commitment to her. Um, Peter says to the church here uh, in 1 Peter Four, if you've got your Bible there, grab it. If not, you can just read along on the screen up there. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, he says, Friends, the, the end of things is near, but 
Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. When I think about my own relationships and, and, and the times where it's like where, where God invites me into deeper love for others means I always have to go into a place of choosing to overlook sin. Choosing to overlook offence. Choosing to... No, love covers that over. Love, you know, they often say love is blind. They often say that, don't they? Love is blind. Well, that's an informed blindness. It's a choosing to cover over the multitude of things that could give you reason for rejecting, rejecting or taking offence. Um, but he says, So offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Wow, I've been busted on that. Um, you know, so-and-so's coming over. <laughs> the first reaction of the heart of, of uh, someone under the Holy Spirit with a sense of hospitality on them would be, Oh, great. <laughs> Yay. Um, sometimes I get busted on that one. Um, each of you should use whatever gift they've received to serve others. Isn't that interesting? You've been given gifts from God for the well-being of those around you. Around you. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God might be praised through Jesus Christ and to him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, this, it's really interesting, this, uh, this idea of, of love. Let me just quickly un- unpack some of it. That word "love" there in the in the um, that Peter's using there is is the word "agape," and there's a number of elements to that that word of what it means to above all love each other deeply. Uh, it, 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 there's there's a, there's a few dynamics to that word "love," agape love. Firstly, it's an affectionate term. It's an affectionate term, and it's actually allowing the emotional intelligence of your heart. And to become aware of that and to allow that to be given to others. Not, not, just, not just cerebrally, but affectionately. Let the intelligence of your heart be given toward each other. Um, and um, sometimes that can be hard. Um, but agape love of God goes there. Um, also, he speaks about um, the nature of agape love is about being of good will to another. You know, um, not just I wish you well, but I will you well. And, and that's why Paul is really, well, I think personally, I know this is a sidebar, but I think Paul is really onto something when he said to the Corinthian church, he said, you guys, I know that you, your lives are a mess, but the Holy Spirit's being poured out on you and you need to keep your foot on that accelerator of asking for more of the Holy Spirit, especially that you would be eager to prophesy. Because the spirit of prophecy and the work of the Holy Spirit in prophecy is to will the good of God into people's lives. 
It's to see them as God sees them. It's to speak over them the plans, the purposes, the kindness, the the callings of God. It's the establishment of right identity. It's that's why Paul's saying you need to be eager to prophesy. Because this is what agape love does. It wants to will people into the place of the goodness of God. So if you're not prophesying, get prophesying. (laughs) All right? It's that simple. Get prophesying. Allow your heart to be deepened by God's love for another and start speaking that to them, whether it's your spouse, your children, your school teachers that are teaching your children, start speaking the, 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 the goodwill of God over their life. Now, I know this is difficult because it means we actually have to have an operation on the lens of our heart because we will often, and, and we're, we're geared to this, we will often just automatically default to looking for what's wrong, what's bad, what's, what's reason for... Um, um, disqualifying or not good enough. You've got to look with this, the lens of the Holy Spirit. This is what the prophetic does. It dials up the lens of God for people in your heart so that when you're sitting with them, you can be all of a sudden strangely warmed by God and say, hey, listen, I think God's saying this for you and I just offer it to you as, as gift from God. So that's, that's, a, that's a dynamic we're talking about. There's also this dynamic of agape love is brotherly. It's familiar. It's family love. Now, one of the biggest challenges we have here, and Peter uh, is, is encouraging the church in the context that it's in. He's saying, guys, you have got to be family to each other because this world won't be family to you. He's saying, you have got to be family together. Now, the biggest challenge is that we come into the community of the king, of Jesus, and we understand family on the basis of our frameworks of family of origin and what, what it means to be and behave and treat each other from our family of origin. And God is inviting every single person as they come into his kingdom family to no longer operate out of that family of origin, but to operate out of the origin and the family of the relationship that the Father shares with the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the prayer of Jesus, John 17. The prayer of Jesus, John 17. Go and read that one. It's, Father, that, that you would be in them like I am in you and that together we'll be with them and they with us and that the world would know. It's, that's the family of origin that God is inviting people into. And, but you've, the, the big hiccup, the big hiccup, and I, you know, as someone who has walked with people for a long time, the hiccup that will always come, and it will come, is that the context, because it's one of conflict all around us, will push in on how we're feeling about each other, and, and if we are not quick we will divert to and revert to our family of origin responses to people rather than loving out of the depth of God for each other. And I I see it. Community and relationship is is an ever-deepening, ever-growing process. But along the way, 
And my goodness, I've had it in my marriage, in my family. Along the way, you will hit massive moments of conflict. It's how will you process the conflict? Out of your family of origin or out of the depth of the love of God that chooses to cover over a multitude of sin so that we might be the people of Jesus in the earth and establish heaven. Family of origin stuff is, is, is kind of like a... Um, uh, what's the best way? To, it's kind of like a blind spot in a car when you're driving. It's there, but you don't see it. But every now and then, when you go to change lanes <laughs> in your relationship responses to each other, all of a sudden you'll hear someone in the... Hey, I'm over here. Whoa, sorry, I didn't realise... That's, that's how this stuff operates in us, our family of origin. It's a blind spot to us. But that's why God's placed us in the context of the community of love, of the people of God, that invites people into uh, learning to live out of the love of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And the other part of this is benevolence. It's undeserved love for the unlovely. Um, that's, that's the heart of God. This, 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 I want to love that which doesn't think it deserves to be loved. That's, that's the nature of God. Uh, John 3, 16, we all remember that. For God so loved the world that he sent Christ. This, this, this is what, um, you know, Peter is talking about here in 1, uh, 1 Peter 4, 7. He's saying to the church in 1 Peter 4, 8. He's saying to the church, hey, guys, your context is hostile. It's dark. It's pushing against you. But God has called us to be the kingdom people in the earth, the community of the kingdom of God that establishes and advances heaven's callings into the earth. And you have got to be family for each other. I loved it that on, on you know, on, um, on uh, Wednesday uh, when, or Tuesday when, when Ashley, who's now coming out of hospital because he's been healed of pneumonia, um, his heart was stirred to get on the blower to a few folk and say, hey, let's go and deal with this because our family's getting done over. This is what it's like. That's what it's like. It's like yep, so they had to push aside all of their agendas and planning and timing and schedules and meals and food and who's going to look after kids and they just pushed it all well they had to not ignore it but they had to mobilize all these other areas of their life so that they could go and advance the kingdom of God for this family's sake this this is what it's like this is why God's grace is on us so that we can live for the well-being of those that we walk life with and for the stranger so, um, you know, I think about the benevolence of God towards me. I just think about, oh, my goodness, just the, just the corrupt, selfish rat bag I was when love crashed through. I just think of the benevolent kindness of God that he would, he would take a young punk like me and just push through with his love. And welcome me into his kingdom. I just that just completely flipped me around. My whole life was transformed because he his 
love covered over through Jesus the multitude of my junk and sin and rebellion and anger and all that junk. And he chose to benevolently look past all of that and go, come on, mate, into my kingdom. And love crashed through, changed me forever. Changed me forever. And he does that to me every single day. (laughs) He does it to me every single day. I'll never forget the night of that love, that undeserving love, that benevolent love of God, that, that kindness, that forgiveness, that sense of life, that sense of hope restored. Uh, Jesus' love came and broke through. His agape love, it touched my emotional intelligence. I finally began to hear and see all of those prophetic words and images that people had spoken to over my life as a child as I grew that I could never quite fix and understand and he and he broke through with his love and brought me out of even some of my own family of origin stuff that I'd been operating out of and into the love of the son the holy spirit and the father and it was completely just undeserved it's because he was so kind love crashed through And I love him for it. This is what Peter's saying we need to be a part of. Um, He says, love each other deeply. And in fact, if you go to one, this is the second time he uses this phrase of love each other from the heart. The first one is in 1 Peter 1, I want to say 12 or something like that. But in that reference, he says, love each other um, deeply and from the heart. But in this one, it's love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. So Peter's really pressing the importance of deep, loving relationship. Um, you know, uh, you know I, I mentioned earlier just the journey of my own marriage relationship with Nicole and how, um, you know, really... Um, God keeps inviting me into the power of his love because that's who he is. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this about the nature of his love. He says, um, love keeps no records of wrong. Wow. I mean, wow. No record of wrong. You know what? The very thing that causes people to remain distant from each other, they keep the record of wrong. And they're unable to love like Jesus does. Love gets deeper, the trust levels increase, it gets stronger, and its capacities get realized, but then they get expanded and grown. And then we become the people, as in the process of that, we become the people of Jesus. But it's about loving each other deeply and from the heart, where it keeps no record of wrong. I'm not sure what your family of origin experience has been like, where you grew up or what you grew up in, and whether there was no record of wrong or there was a record of wrong. But this is what the people of Jesus are meant to be like in the earth. They keep no record of wrong. They keep no record of wrong. Deep love breaks the power of offence. 
it breaks the power of offence. I mean, um, you know, often, you know, if you go, you know, I've been to the football and I'm in the line and I don't know, you're trying to get on and off buses and you'll bump into people or whatever and, and sometimes people will, you know, like be really keen to get on the bus or whatever and they'll shove you out of the way to get on the bus and they'll go, oh, I'm sorry. And then in that moment, <laughs> I've got an opportunity to make a response. Like, hey, I was in the line first, get out, or that's all right, no offence taken. It is that kind of stark. But this is what love does. This is how Jesus wants his people to be. Hey, no offence taken. Because we realise that we're living underneath the kindness of God who has covered over a multitude of sin in our own in our own backyard and he's gone that's all good it's okay i've covered that over not angry with you i'm not upset with you i'm not ready to throw thunderbolts and lightning at you i love you i cover it over it's okay it's why i sent jesus we're covering it all over it's all it's all done you don't have to impress me i love you i love you so what are we going to do when we're in the bus line on the way to the football and someone pushes us out of the way <laughs> no offense taken Proverbs, King, King Saul, uh, Solomon says in Proverbs 19.11, he says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook offence. Isn't it interesting? Anger and offence work together. So just watch that emotional, intelligent response when someone does something to you. If it's giving cause to rise to anger, be careful because that could seed Offense, And when you seed offence, offence grows into a distance of, of relationship, an inability to have a soft heart towards the one that has offended you. So just be careful about anger. Proverbs 19.11 and uh, Isaiah 44.22, this is a beautiful one of the heart of God saying to his people Israel who have been exiled because of their rebellion, their sin, the prostitution of their, their nation to other gods. They have like completely made a meal of the invitation of God's heart to be in relationship with them. And he says that through the prophet Isaiah, he's saying, I have washed away your offences like a cloud. Your sins like the morning mist return to me because I have redeemed you. Isn't it interesting that actually God's not the one who's offended in that statement? Even though the people have been in, acting in rebellion and, and making a mess of their life and operating in great sin, God's not the one who's gone, I'm so offended with you, I can't be with you. He's not, he's not the one who's offended. He's actually saying, it's your offensive ways. It's you, your rebellion, your sin. Your, it, that's, that's your offense. That's your offensive ways. It's not God's offense. It's your offense. It's my offensive way. And he says, I have washed it away like a cloud. Whew. I've washed away your transgressions. Isn't that amazing that God would be like that? I mean, love chooses to wash away the offensive behaviour of others. Love just chooses to go, no worries, washed away. Love chooses to return to God. 
Love chooses to walk in the power of redeemed relationship by God. This, this is the, what the people of Jesus are meant to be like in the earth. I was sitting down the other afternoon having a, a, a really just a very precious conversation with my daughter, Caitlin. And, um, and, and Caitlin is um, finishing high school this year and she said to me, Dad, how do you and mum keep doing this? And I said, doing what? And she said, how do you keep on loving and serving with all of the people that have come in and out of your life as I've grown up and watched? How do you do do this? And then she said, and how do you not get bitter? How do you not get bitter when people come and, and, and want and demand things of you that you... They know that you can't give them. And I just said to Caitlin, I said, well, we want to be like Jesus. And it's not, we're not saying any of that is easy, but we want to be like Jesus. We want to love like he loves. And we keep asking him to please forgive us of our sin so that we can be free to forgive others. We've given our hearts to living like Jesus, to loving deeply. And when you love deeply, you open yourself up for risk on all sorts of levels. But this is what our God has done for us in Jesus. He has opened up his heart to us. He's opened up his heart to us and washed away all our offence like a cloud. Through his son Jesus. He, he did it for us. It's all gift. It's, this is the love of God. And this is what the people of Jesus are meant to be like in the earth. And my goodness, the earth needs the people of Jesus right now. My goodness, the earth needs the people of Jesus right now. Friends, friends, the world needs us right now to be the people of Jesus. When I look at how deep the love of God has been for us in Jesus and through Jesus, his ministry to the poor and his, his um, establishing the rightful place of women in, in the church and in culture, um, his response to tax collectors and sinners, to those who are lost in his death and in his resurrection, there is a most powerful declaration that Jesus releases into the earth. And that declaration off the cross was this. Father, forgive them. This is the posture of the people of Jesus in the earth. Father, forgive them. Our earth right now and the people in it, they don't need judgment. They need forgiveness. They need forgiveness. They need to have their sins washed away with the love of Jesus like a cloud. I wasn't judged into the kingdom of God. I was loved into the kingdom of God deeply by God and by people and family and friends. I was loved into the kingdom of God. I wasn't judged into the kingdom of God. I was loved by Christ into the kingdom. 
Um, so taking no offence, and let me just finish up here. Um, you know, this, that's a, I gotta say, that, that one is, that is so like huge, <laughs> that one, the issue of offence. And when we hold on to offence, what we're doing to the people who, who have hurt us or offended us with their behaviour, what we're doing is we're holding on to this little thing that says, I'm going to make you pay for what you did to me. That's what's underneath that. I'm going to make you pay for the way I feel about your, your treatment of me. You're going to pay. Well, friends, for, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, that's just downright wrong. God's called us out of that. God's called us out of that and he's called us to a place of loving deeply, covering over a multitude of sin. Gosh, I wish people would stop beating up on the body of Jesus in the earth and even the people of Jesus. I wish they would stop beating up on the body of Jesus in the earth and stop judging her and start loving her and start loving her. Friends, this morning, um, God is inviting you and me to, above all, love. Above all. In other words, you have to prioritise this. You have to, to prioritise it. It's not just going to be like a magic pill that somehow drops down your gut and it's like, ooh. No, you, you have to bring your, your will, who you are, to the kindness of God and say, God, I want to be like you. And like Paul said in Galatians, he says, I've actually been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But now Christ lives in me. And so the life I live, Paul says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul just, he had a blinding, literally a blinding revelation of love. A blinding revelation of love, if you know his backstory. When love crashed through for him, he was blinded for days until um, one of Jesus' people came and laid hands to him and opened his eyes again. But above all else, love. Above all else, walk in the emotional intelligence of the heart of Jesus, the heart of God for each other. So this morning, this is a message primarily for how we do life and walk life together as Jesus's people walk in the emotional intelligence of the heart of Jesus be prophetic be a prophetic people be eager to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and prophesy the lens the word the will the goodness the 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 the, the vision of God for each other and continue to call each other into it it's, I know who you really are I know who you really are Come into that, that identity in God. Choose to love each other from the relationship and the resources of the relationship that spills out of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and not your family of origin. Not your family of origin. Just don't, don't, don't revert to your family of origin. Lean into the help and power of the Holy Spirit. And um, benevolence. Be looking beyond the framework of 
you deserve love, you don't deserve love. You deserve love, you don't. Move beyond that with the help of the Holy Spirit into the place of the benevolent love of God. We all are loved by God. Even the most, to use the words of, I think it was Wesley, the most violent offender who truly believes. In that moment, Jesus receives. You know, everyone is deserving of love. That's why God sent Jesus. That's why God sent Jesus. So this morning, uh, I just want to pray and um, just invite the Holy Spirit just to maybe just highlight some of the things that, you know, we've walked through this morning about loving deeply, loving deeply like God does and covering over a multitude of sin. You know that when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin? Did you know that? That when he sees you, he doesn't see your sin? It's a bit hard to get your head around, but he doesn't see your sin. Because he sees Jesus. And Jesus, the man, Jesus, the Son of God, he fulfilled everything that ever needed to be fulfilled. And therefore, our good news message is God loves you. God loves you. Come into the goodness of God. Love each other deeply from the, from the heart. I have a vision that God is inviting people to become the people of Jesus in the earth. I have a vision that God is calling people to that. And it's a vision that's informed by the, by the Bible, by church history, and moves of the Holy Spirit in the earth. I have a vision that God's inviting people to, above all, love. Above all, love. And as the people come into that, as we participate in that, yes, we will see great moves of the Holy Spirit again in our land. Yes, we will see great moves of the Holy Spirit across the earth as love crashes through for, for, for all of those who are far off but, but need to know the message of the good news. So I'm going to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister. Firstly, to um, maybe just let him speak to you about maybe the areas of offence and maybe he might want to point out some things to you about how you've been relating to um, each other in terms of are you operating out of your family of origins behaviour and not not the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit's love and power. And bring you into a new benevolence for each other. Because I'm telling you now, that is the hotbed for the kingdom of God to made, be made in the earth. When we love like that, power flows like, ex- extraordinary power flows when we choose to love like that. I mean extraordinary power. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for um, 
your presence among us. I thank you for Peter's letter to the church. And I just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would um, just come and have conversation with each of us right now. Just to take a minute and have some, just, just have some conversation with you, Holy Spirit, about the invitation to, above all, love. Would you show us, Lord, where you've been inviting us into the more and the deeper realities of that love? Would you be so kind as to show us where we have been aggressively resisting the power of that love? Would, would you be so kind as to, in your mercy, cover over that stuff, that sin, and release us again into the provision of your kingdom and kindness? Holy Spirit, would you come? Just, just have a conversation. Thank you, Holy Spirit.